one benefit, of course, is Mega Gengar boosts the candy drop for a ghost raid boss as well as is super effective against it. The one downside, of course, is Mega Gengar is weak to Psychic. So that's uh, right. something I have to deal with still every day. <laughs> but how common could could raid Pokemon that are also Psychic type be, Kyle? I mean, it's the only reason you're bringing Mega Gengar in the first place. The answer is incredibly common. <laughs> so common. Why are you so common? You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Mark your calendars to save the dates for the upcoming events in Season 10. Location cards will make your memorable catch that much more special. Hey Kyle, what's a water and ghost type's favorite sandwich? Why, a PB and Jellicent, of course. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 225. It's February 7th, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. All right, we're back to the yeah. okay. We're back to the okay. So next week, if, uh, you know, because we're Pokemon Go players and patterns are a thing, you will be all right next week, perhaps. Uh, maybe. I-, I think I was okay last week, too. We got to have somebody keep track of it for us. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> well, it's good to hear that you're doing okay at the very least here. Uh, we are all doing great here. Um, and I'm very excited to talk about some Pokemon Go. But unfortunately, the news just doesn't seem to match my excitement. Maybe matches your level of excitement for this week. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but before we get into the show and any of that other good stuff, shout out to our patron community. Thank you so much to all of our patrons who help support our show and make uh, this show and all the things we do here possible and all that good stuff more about patreon and patronage at the end of the show and a big hello visually to anybody who might be checking in on the video version of the podcast uh this can be viewed on youtube or if you do listen on spotify the video version is also in there we've done three video podcasts so far and i asked generally the patron community what they thought and a lot of people (laughs) a lot of people were like what there's a video so i'm making mention of it now <laughs> that's the plan so uh go check it out if you like and it's uh it's a cool version of experiencing the show but enough about that for right now mr kyle we set some goals last week and, and we've had since Noibat community day uh which mm-hmm. was on sunday not saturday on sunday <laughs> So uh, you had set a goal for yourself of 15 shiny Noibat. How did that go for you? I only got 10. Only got 10. Oh, man. Well, 10 is still an incredible number all the same. Um, what what say you? What's your excuse, young trainer? <laughs> I just didn't play as hard. The mall was excessively packed, and it wasn't very comfortable oh, no. to play yeah. and be around. So, yeah, I just didn't catch as much. Fair enough. That's the, a good the luck reason. was also not there at the start. It was it was bad. Oh no! Yeah, I remember I checked in with you. I think like forty five minutes in or fifty minutes, and you're like zero. I'm like, yeah, no. How's that About possible? three minutes after you did text me, I got two in a row. Oh, good. So there was okay. that. 
great. I'm like that's a, that's a good let's go moment out loud in the uh, in the mall. Three hundred thousand stardust. How'd that go for you? I did do that. Excellent. Mega progress. Yep. Continuing everything that I have enough energy for or free evolutions, of course. Okay. And then, uh, of course, buddy progress as well. Yes. Not as much as I would like. I, I kind of forgot halfway through the week, so I only only did a few days. But hey, that counts. That technically counts. So, Kyle, you're getting very good at setting these goals in a way that, like, uh, even if you forget, you still <laughs> you still did it. <laughs> hey, it was only one of them. That's true. Uh, three out of four. That's not bad, Kyle. That's not bad. For myself, I went to catch 30 shiny Noibat. I walked away with, uh, was it 39, 49? One of those two. Jeez. 39, I think. Uh, hatch 50 eggs. I did manage to do that, although I don't have proof of it because this week, and everybody I've talked to, which is very strange, which is the sample size of six people, which is still a lot, um, our adventure sync summary for the week the pop-up didn't come up for all of us and for oh. those of you that don't know we take screenshots of those in our community for our fitness tracking challenge we do every single quarter that's that's what we use to keep track of it and keep each other accountable and all that good stuff so none of us could have it so some of us you know took a picture of the the journal entry which was there but nobody got the pop-up yeah, that's very strange. That's fair. I, I didn't either. I didn't even think about it because I, I generally just click away from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's very like if, if it's not an important thing to you, that's not something you're going to even think about. Right. But I'm very surprised. It happens rarely to some people because it's one of those things that's in your notification stack. Like, oh, this Pokemon came back from a gym. Um, Your friend opened this gift. It's one of those. Right. So sometimes you miss it. But all of us. Strange <laughs> yep. stuff. Um, but yeah, I did hatch 50 eggs. I think my number was around 56. I'm not entirely sure. Um, one non-community day shiny. Unfortunately, despite all of my shiny luck during Noibat community day, it uh, ran dry for the remainder of the week. <laughs> so that's too bad. I'm, I'm looking to roll the dice on the Valentine's event, hopefully. Mm -hmm. 500,000 Stardust. I got 478,000 just on community day. Um, so yeah. Pretty good. Yes. That's yeah, it was good. it was great. The the tasks were a nice little bonus. Seven fifty stardust a pop for most of those. That was great. What I will say is though, the defeat to Team Go Rocket Grunts <laughs> was my least favorite task. Not appreciated. Mm -mm, I tossed those because who's doing that? Mm -mm. Uh, I mean, not on community day. If it gave a proper reward, it'd be fine. But yeah, it gave a mysterious component. And when it wasn't community day, I, I that's did a, it. That's a great task. Like that is a great task, but not during community. Not, at least not for me. You know. Yeah. But it was a good. It was a good event for sure. But three out of four for me as well, which means that we've got yay old pie. <laughs> so Yahoo, um, but. Let's talk a little bit more about Noibat Community Day, but let's do it in the news section. Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, so first and foremost, it was Noibat Community Day this past weekend. You heard a little bit about our experiences and our numbers here. Uh, but Kyle, I, I am curious if you're aware of how much XL candy you walked away with, because this one was a great one for me. I got like over a thousand. Oh, I, I did not. I can check. I probably, I probably got 200, 
because I, I didn't do a lot of catching. I also haven't transferred them, but again, oh, didn't yeah. catch a lot, so I'm not going to have that many after transferring. But I will check just a moment, but 200 sounds about right. Oh, you know what? I made a big mistake here, and and hopefully other people were smarter than I am, and you can you can also be smarter than me, Kyle. When we finish this this global task of gift sending, then do your transfers because you're going to get a transfer bonus. Yeah, that's for fair. Valentine's. I I didn't even consider that. Oh, I messed up. I've sent a whole twenty gifts, by the way. Just to sidetrack. You me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm oh, out of gifts, and I haven't. Oh. I, I'm out of gifts, and I haven't left the house. So <laughs> waiting for my buddy to bring me a couple. Same problem. Same thought pattern. I'm waiting for my buddy to bring me a couple. <laughs> uh, I got 150 XL. So probably more okay. like 135 because I probably had a couple from hatching a few. Did you mega anything or no? Uh, I my Charizard is not mega three, so no. I mean, I oh, I mega the yeah. Charizard, but it didn't have the mega three bonus. Gotcha. Okay, I I did have a mega three Charizard. That's probably why I walked away with like a thousand after transferring. Yeah, that's that's what happened with me when it was Litwick Day. I yeah, twelve hundred or something. I'm convinced, by the way, that I did not do that right. I think I messed it up. And that's why I had such low, low, low numbers the other time when you were like, oh, you mega something you were that unlucky. I think I was just doing it wrong. But <laughs> anyway, uh, spawn density was exceptional um, where I was. And now that we've had a couple of events like this, we're in a Larvitar Community Day Classic and now Noibat Community Day where the XXL and XXS versions are out. I walked away with about three or four of each again. So it seems to be pretty consistent based on how much you're catching. Cause I kind of went similarly for both of those events. Did you have any luck with those? Did you like, oh, uh, I had two small, one large. Oh, okay. So that's, I'd say it's pretty on par. I did not I just want to emphasize. I did not catch that many. So I think that's pretty similar to what it was for Larvitar for me. Yeah, I think it was too. Um, but yeah, spawn density was fantastic, and there's really nothing else to say about that. I do think, by the way, the push notification, and I should have confirmed this before the show, and maybe you know the answer, but the four-star raids that happened after the event, I remember in the original event post, it was Noibat, right? And we were like, oh, it's the first stage, and that's going to be interesting, right? And then the push notification on the day said Noivern. <laughs> so I didn't I, see that. You know, I, I, I never, yeah, I never stick around for him because I play really hard for three hours and then go home, and that's enough, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't have confirmation which one it was, and I'm I, so curious. It was Noibat, and I okay. only know because people posted online that you could solo it. Oh, okay. So that was my next question. You could solo it. That was yeah. People both cool. soloed it with a regular team. I saw a six thirty-five mammoth swines do it. Oh, and wow, then someone okay. else soloed it with a level 50 Latios, uh, Mega Latios. Oh. Hey, excellent. Okay. So, and it was it was generous. I don't recall off the top of my head, but like 40 seconds left or something like that. So yeah. very reasonable. It'd probably be much nicer if you could do this for everyone, but whatever. <laughs> yes, it would be. But yeah, not, not Noivern, despite the push notification. Very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Noibat Community Day. Uh, all of us here at GoCast hope that you had a very successful Community Day and that you remembered which day it was on because that was a big thing for some people. <laughs> okay, speaking of Community Days, our first piece of real news this week is save the dates for next season's Community Days and more, which is cool. 
Trainers, now that the final community day of season nine, Mythical Wishes, is behind us, we'd like to share next season's community day dates. In March, it's going to be on March 18th. It's a Saturday. April is a Saturday, April 15th. Uh, April, again, for a community day classic, will be a Saturday, April 29th. And then in May, we're looking at a Sunday, May 21. I am predicting that we will have a similar level of confusion come May, which day the event is on, like we did for Noibat. Probably. I don't know why they don't alternate anymore. I'm okay with them not alternating. <laughs> no, I'm, oh yeah, I'm sure for, for you specifically, <laughs> but I think, you know, when we were both talking about it before, it was, it was, we, we were like, oh, it makes sense that it alternates to give other people opportunities, right? Um, but it creates this other strange issue of people forgetting what day the event is on because it's always you know air quotes on saturdays for like two and a half months and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden a sunday i wonder if they've seen the numbers and in general sundays have less participation just maybe not a major amount but enough that it's like we don't want to do all of these on sunday but we want to throw a bone every once in a while yeah, for sure. Or maybe they put like the what they would consider the high value out of that that grouping uh, on the Sunday to inspire people to come out on that mm-hmm. Sunday. Who knows? So, real before we move on, what yeah. do we want to predict for Community Day Classic right now? Oh, can you, oh, <laughs> okay. Do you want me to give you the answer of what I want it to be, or what I think it's going to be, or both, uh, or well, both? But what you okay. think it's going to be is the real question. Um, that's a really good question for sure because we've had all the canto starters we've had charmander three times i don't think we're gonna have that again um i mean they haven't rerun squirtle but well yeah we did we had the sunglasses came back for that one event right so yeah but it wasn't it wasn't a classic oh okay just just saying it's not i'm misremembering hmm not big on no oh man i don't know this is such a tough one i want it to be cyndaquil that's my answer though (laughs) Because I need Cinequel XL candy and I want a hundo so bad. <laughs> is it is it weird that like I feel like it's gonna be trap inch? That's probably not a bad guess. I don't I don't know why. It doesn't seem like Bagon or uh Beldum mm. time, because we just got Lavatar. So I feel like it's gonna be one of those that doesn't spawn a whole lot. So it has just enough excuse to be brought back. But what? that said, mm. every one so far has been relevant. But again, that's just correlation. It doesn't have to be the standard. Or mega able too. You know, Larvitar will be mega uh, mega able. And you know, if we had some indication that meta mega metagross was coming soon, then maybe I'd be inclined yeah. to say Beldum. But we have no idea when that's going to happen. I I think this is my guess is it's gonna be Charmander. I think we have Are Charmander you classic. Yeah, I'm not actually joking. Fourth fourth run of Charmander. We haven't had a classic Charmander. We've only had classic Bulbasaur. And then we had two regular Charmanders, obviously. We had two, two regular moves. Charmanders. We didn't have a third event for Charmander. No, there was not. The community classics so far have been yeah. Bulbasaur, Mudkip. Uh, I can't remember the one after Mudkip and Lavatar. I, I can't remember. It's escaping me right now. It's but. also escaping me. I can't remember. I don't think it was a particularly engaging one. Yeah. So, and we've only had them once per season and we've only been doing this for a year. So oh, yeah, maybe you're right I, 
I think I, I think Charmander. <laughs> okay. I mean, I would actually be all right with that. I, I I really do quite like catching Charmander and shiny Charizard's incredible. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but other than community days, uh, the other, there are other events on the horizon. So it says the article here, here are the dates for additional in-game events coming next season. Sunday, March 5th, Saturday, March 11th, Sunday, April 9th, Sunday, April 23rd, Saturday, May 27th to Sunday, May 28th as well. So mark your calendars for those. And I anticipate we'll get more information as the season uh, begins and unfolds. Exciting stuff. Also, some of these dates happen to coincide with our our meetup this year for the show. Yes. Um, And last year we got really lucky because during our Mall of America meetup, it was Alolan Geodude Community Day. Uh, it was great it was such a cool place to play um, yeah uh, so also just to backpedal a little bit it was dratini oh dratini which is actually noteworthy <laughs> yeah that is noteworthy isn't it wow um we couldn't have forgotten another one. <laughs> oh well but yeah save those dates trainers uh, and then our next piece of news here, our last piece of news, is catch Pokemon with location cards at Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn, Las Vegas. Trainers were excited to announce a new feature that will make its first appearance during Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn, Las Vegas, location cards. After catching certain Pokemon from in-person raid battles at specific locations during uh, Go Tour Hoenn, Las Vegas, trainers will have a chance to receive a location card. These souvenir backgrounds will appear on the Pokemon's summary page, showing where the Pokemon was caught. And there's some more information in this article, but it's largely uh, redundant to this initial paragraph, which is supposed to be serve as a summary for the article, but it's a short one to begin with. But rest assured, there is not an actual image to, to be shown to us in that article, uh, nor are there any actual real details being shared outside of this this is really conceptual from what they've decided to share with us right and so now kyle and i are going to just speculate because they've literally given us nothing else to do with it literally nothing (laughs) so so in your mind's eye kyle how do you think this feature works how do you think it looks and oh my gosh series is trying to get our conversation over here (laughs) um so what are your thoughts on it and um just generally like you know the feel of it all that sort of stuff conceptually it's fun like it's it's just another addition we already have tags at the bottom of pokemon that are caught at different events and that was really great when they added it this could be cool it's kind of weird to roll it out on a limited access event in person what i'd really find interesting is if it it showed up at like the back where the back at the top where the background of a typing usually is yeah, that'd be that'd be wild. So you always see it versus having to scroll all the way down. That said, I could see people complaining, hey, I don't want this blocking my view. I I don't know. It's also only from rates in person rates in person rates. That's right. So, yeah, this won't apply to like the I don't know, the mm, Chimchar who who to, Torchic, the Torchic that you caught in the wild. This will apply to probably your Groudon from a primal raid that you did at this event. So, yeah, I think what you're describing is kind of how it has to manifest in the game. 
other than that, it would be rather disruptive and unnecessary. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think this is fun, but you and I were talking briefly before the show started about how it, it just serves to kind of make anybody who's not going feel like they're missing out even more. And, yeah. and while, and while I would, I would appreciate this move from a marketing perspective, um, I would only appreciate it if the tickets hadn't been sold out for like over a week already. Longer than that. Yeah. Too. yeah. Like they've been sold out for two or three weeks and so also I, travel and stuff like that. So I feel like from an optics perspective, if your tickets are sold out, the, the need for FOMO was kind of gone until the event is over. You know what I mean? Yeah. It only serves to be slightly divisive, although I'm sure the numbers speak differently because social media is not always um let's just say success on social media is not always paved with good intentions <laughs> who yeah. knows but i i think the real big takeaway is you didn't need to add this feature to the specific event if it wasn't ready when you had the event ready to announce i feel like you should have just left it off nobody would have known yeah but another alternative chris and i talked about right before we started recording was give a little tidbit of something you're going to offer for the global event to counteract, like just yeah. show a counterpart uh, final line. We have other stuff in store for you to see when global Hoenn tour gets started, right? Something, yeah. anything, or, or yeah. stay tuned to see how you can uh, use this feature in a future event, you know, yeah. something it doesn't have to be specific, like anything. Um, because that would still serve to give FOMO for people that weren't or that aren't at the event. Oh, I'm not gonna be the first person to use it. That's good enough. You know? Yeah. But what I, do we know? <laughs> I think the big takeaway for me is th there's already an incentive to go to Las Vegas to, to go to the right. event. It's right. kind of weird to have more. Maybe that that's just me. Again, I'm not going, but that this is not like something that's making me feel bad that I'm not going. It's the fact that the events there. <laughs> yeah. Plus also like, you know, when I get it, I'm going to send you a picture. Like, what do you think? <laughs> and I'm going to be like, well, I have a picture of it now. <laughs> yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, which to clarify really quick, I've seen some people ask on social media and emails and stuff like that. So I'll say it earlier in the show. Um, when it comes to Hoenn tour, Las Vegas, Kyle is not attending. I am attending. Um, so if you want to meet up with us, I'll be your option. Uh, there will be other options in the future. This is literally an outlier when it comes to in-person events for us. We are usually at this stuff. Um, but the way the cards fell this time, there's just the one. Um, that said, I will have like 50 pins on me. So if you want a <laughs> GoCast pin, come and find me. I'll do my best to try to remember to tweet a picture of me so you know what I look like at the beginning of the event. So follow us on Twitter if you want a little sneak peek heads up on uh, what it looked like so you can find one and get a free pin. Okay, that's enough of that. I'm looking forward to Las Vegas, but not for the location cards. <laughs> It'll be a nice bonus. but uh. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's it for news. And while we didn't have a lot of news, we do have a ton of emails and voicemails for later on in the show. Um, and so uh, we are choosing to skip over gear up this week. Um, I don't know, Kyle. Tapu Lele. What it, what, what type should people bring? <laughs> uh, well, Tapu Lele is psychic fairy. So yeah. ghost, poison, steel. And that's yeah. it. 
and yep. the choices are obvious. Stuff like Gengar is very good. Metagross tops all of the charts, especially Shadow Metagross. So there you go. There's yeah. your micro gear up segment, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> um, okay, that means we're going to go into Pokalore. And this week, we're going to be, it might be a revisit, but I don't really think so. Uh, we're going to be visiting the Pokedex entry. It's got to be right because we were pretty hyped when it came out. Uh, for Frillish and Jellicent, the floating Pokemon, they share a category, and my brain loves that for some reason. Uh, but first up is Frillish. Frillish is a jellyfish-like Pokemon resembling young royalty. Jellyfish-like. That's a, a new evolution of fish-like for us. <laughs> Regardless of gender, it has a round head with a ground crown, crown-like tuft. A five tentacle uh, like appendages, two serving as arms, and three as the lower half of its body. It has oval eyes with white pupils and a collar around its neck. It has invisible poison spikes on its appendages. Invisible. As a male, it is blue with smooth appendages and a triangular crown. It has red eyes with blue sclera and a straight eyelash on each eye. Its collar is wavy and it appears to be frowning. But in the anime, it is shown to smile rarely. As a female, it is pink with wavy appendages and a round crown. It has blue eyes with red sclera and a curled eyelash on each eye. Its collar is frilled and it appears to be smiling. Female frillish have slightly longer stingers, while male frillish have bigger collars. Frillish is a hatopelagic, hatopelagic. Hmm. I know it's from the, the I know it's from the Hadal region. This is what they're going for here. So it's Hadopelagic, Hadopelagic, I think that's right, Pokemon, which lives in dens about five miles or eight kilometers under the sea's surface. Because of this, it can cope with extremely dark and highly pressurized sea conditions. It is carnivorous, gently floats around in waves until it can strike its prey. It makes its victim numb with the use of its poison spikes and takes it to its deep den. Its arms are filled with tens of thousands of poisonous stingers. There is a legend where Frillish are said to have been created from transformed residents of a sunken ancient city. Let's just throw that sentence in there. Let's just do that. <laughs> Frillish preys on Magikarp and Lantern. Yep. Yep. Oh, by the hey. way, dude, I've seen some people on social. Lantern's not a dolphin. Lantern's an anglerfish, guys. What? Come on. Someone's saying it's a dolphin? I don't know. It was some, we have a I dolphin was, Pokemon now, guys. We do. We do. I think somebody was just making a funny, maybe, for, you know, tweets and retweets, whatever the kids are into nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, Frillish is pretty cool. Any thoughts on Frillish before we move on to Jellicent, which is just as good as this, but better? <laughs> I mean, I like Frillish. That said, it's Dax Entry. It's literally just a jellyfish. It's described it almost exactly. Yeah. All the, the invisible do. stingers. So. Right. You're right. Jellyfish-like. <laughs> All right, Jellicent. Jellicent is a large jellyfish-like Pokemon, there we go again, whose appearance varies based on gender. Both genders have five tentacles, two of which are long with petal-shaped ends. The remaining three are short and tapered. A male is blue with a short white crown and a white mustache-like collar. Its eyes are red with blue sclera, and there is one eyelash over each eye. Its long tentacles have white edges, while its short tentacles have white spots. A female is pink, with a tall white crown and a puffy white collar. Its eyes are blue with red sclera and surrounded by two eyelashes. Its mouth is red and heart-shaped. 
The long tentacles have white edges like the male, but the short ones have white frills. Jellicent can absorb seawater and project it from its head, which lets it move forward in the sea. Jellyfish's body composition is similar to seawater. Schools of Jellicent are known to gather for prey during a full moon. Any fancy cruise ships, tankers, or crew that wander into the oceans where it dwells are never found again, and it is rumored that it drags these ships or tankers into the sea and preys on its passengers. It can create lairs from sunken ships. It is known to feed on life energy, where the more it drains, the bigger its crown gets. Jellicent are highly feared by fishers. Fishermen. Hmm. Uh, people that fish professionally. Fishers doesn't sound right to me. That's not the right plural of that, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that... It's certainly gender neutral, but I don't know if it's the right term. I, it must be. Maybe maybe it's a maybe. it's a word that's just not used as much. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of a scary Pokemon. Um, a bunch of them just dragging your, your cruise ship to the bottom of the ocean, and then they suck the life energy from you. Brilliant. It's, it's funny. They, they, they gave a Kraken Pokedex entry to this jellyfish. They did. They sure did. Um, I like that they implied that it takes a big group of them, though. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see, like, a Jellicent with a massive crown. Because every single Jellicent out there, like even in the animated stuff, has a little itty bitty crown. That's true. Clearly, it's not feeding on enough life energy. Guess not. You know, uh, that's what it gets for hanging out at the bottom of the ocean more often than I suppose. Slim pickings. Uh, Some stats for Jellicent. Max CP at 40 is 23.38 at 50. You're looking at 26.44. 225 stamina, 178 defense, and 159 attack. Best move set is Bubble or Hex with Bubble Beam and Shadow Ball. You're going to be wanting to use this Pokemon almost exclusively for PvP. There really is not a PvE application for Jellicent, yeah. um, but it's good. I, did Jellicent suffer from some nerfs at some point? I swore it was higher ranked than it is currently on PvPoke. Yeah, it was really highly ranked for sure. If it's not anymore, that's also news to me. Yeah, maybe did, it was. They, a they changed Bubble Beam. Did Bubble Beam get changed tonight? And I don't know it because that's not that I'm happened. aware of. But it's currently 186 in Ultra League as XL, of course, and Great League it's 146. Wow, I'm, I'm sure that. Fish and DeFi are going to listen to this and immediately text us in our group chat saying, guys, it was like eight months ago. Come on. <laughs> it's possible. But at the same time, I hope they're proud of us for kind of remembering that it was good <laughs> at one point in time. You know, we take what we can get here. Go cast. <laughs> but that's that's uh, uh, frillish and jealousant. So, yeah, that means that Pokalore is over and we're heading into Pokapole. Last week's Pokepole was, other than raiding, do you regularly interact with gyms in Pokemon Go? If so, what are you doing and why? First asked from Boris, yeah, and they said, my home portal is a gym, so I interact with it mostly as a Pokestop spinning. I also try to control it at least eight hours a day for the coins, but that turns into five days of control often as not many other teams try and take it. I feel that. Yeah. 
if they do, I let control it for at least eight hours too, so they get their coins. Raids don't happen much on the portal. It's not in a popular section of the city. So I mostly do an easy raid a day with the free pass. But to be honest, skip those more days than I do them. Yeah, that's that's also fair. This is this this all checks out to when I lived on a gym. So <laughs> <laughs> this is the experience. Then all it's uh, cracked up to be, huh? No, no. I mean, the having the stop to constantly spin is is insane. But sure. still, <laughs> sure. Next response from Maxotron. They said, "My interaction with gyms is mostly burning all blue and yellow gyms down, Let's go. and then holding some secret gyms for as long as I can." If I lose one of those secret gyms, I go and take it back ace uh, as soon as possible. Usually that involves a hike after a long country road drive. So it's pretty enjoyable in our 80 degree Florida winter microclimate. It was, it was like negative degrees this last week over here. So yeah, we there, there was a day that it was in the negatives until 3 p.m. or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> Other times, it takes snorkeling out to an island with your phone above your head. Gym defenders ain't what they used to be, though, and I do wish they'd ease up on being able to add legendaries to gyms. Okay, well. Maxotron with the dedication to the gym defense. Oh, my gosh. That's too much for me. You won't catch me doing that. (laughs) No, thank you. Next response is from Grady F., and they said... I have a gym in my parking lot at work, so I do have it gold, and I do attack it and try to keep Pokemon in it daily for my 50 coins. Literally the only gym I interact with for actually battling the gym. But if I do it every day for a week, I get three remote raid passes, which is worth it to me. That's fair. No no, no arguments there, especially when it's uh, conveniently located. I agree. Uh, I just, I just don't. I still just don't. I I I personally cannot can't do it, but yeah, (laughs) yeah. But I, you know, if you are strictly a free play player, then that makes a lot more sense why that is an important point. You know. Next sponsor from Noel via Spotify. They said, "Yes, I do. I drop a Pokemon when available, or take it down if it's relatively easy to take down. Mostly on my route to work to level up the gyms to golden level, as to receive a ton more items from them." Let me let me tell you, people who gold gyms are another level. (laughs) Just I remember the first time that I read somebody complain that they couldn't keep more than a thousand gold gyms on their list. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I think it's less than that. Isn't it like a hundred? No, it's it's a thousand. Is it? Okay, that is ridiculous. The game remembers a thousand. I I do know that. That is ridiculous. And I just like I think I have three red, three gold gems, and <laughs> like there's some more that I could get to gold if I actually put the effort in. But no, my god, I've got thirteen. Yeah, fourteen, 13, thirteen, thirteen, thirteen. Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure eleven of those are in the same park. They are. Let me tell you though, old Woodstock Theater, Woodstock Square Bandstand, Woodstock Water Tower, the Post Office, Emerson Park South. Still yeah. silver, I'll have you know. Oh my god. It's because I'm a bad Pokemon Go player, Kyle. Yeah, me too. It's okay. <laughs> the next email, the next response came in the form of an email, and I swear I'll I'll mispronounce this, but Des Desmondius? Des Desmodius? I think Desmodius. it's Desmodus. 
Desmoduce, but D- Desmoduce. I feel like the E. And that's what we said last time. We're like, is it Desmoduce? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> it's so bad every time. Yo, Desmo, send us another email and clarify. <laughs> we don't want to get your name wrong no more. <laughs> As a free-to-play player without a group of friends who play or the time to go out and make new go friends, Jim Coins my only access to raids. Also, not going to apologize for knocking anyone out of a gym, no matter how short they've been there. This is a game, so let's play it. Hashtag, this gym just turned red. If it ain't red, it's dead. All right. Our last response also in the form of an email from Jenna. They said, hi, Chris and Kyle. I was saddened to hear that you both don't prioritize gyms when you play. My name is Jenna, and I only play Pokemon Go for gyms. I love MMOs and met my boyfriend 10 years ago when playing an MMO. He and I were in the same guild back in the day, and nowadays he and I are in the same Pokemon Go guild as well. Team Valor is the best guild. True. My favorite part of Guild vs. Guild Warfare is battling Team Mystic players who, in real time, feed golden raspberries to their gym defenders when they know I'm trying to kick them out. Also, creating theme gyms is really fun. A gym with all evolutions or all green shinies is cool to see. One time, I remember spotting a gym full of three-headed Pokemon. That's that's actually very funny. That is Hydreigon, Doug Trio, yeah. Executor. Oh man, you're on a roll. I don't think I could have even uh, named that. Magnemite. Many oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh no, I can't think. That's of, it. No, I'm already it. impressed. I was impressed too ago. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, oh man, I'll get. I have to get back okay. to this. Anyways, sometimes you can even create alliances with the other two teams. That means my boyfriend and I are able to leave our Pokemon in a gym overnight. Before someone from Mystic or Instinct kicks it out, and by clink first... clang, okay, clink. There we go. There All we right, go. sorry. <laughs> and vice versa, we let the other two teams stay overnight as well. Then everyone is guaranteed our fifty max poke coins per day. Thank you for all the hard work you put in making a great show every week. I listen to you on my long. I love listening to you on my long drive, Jenna. Oh, I only got one thing to say. Okay, anything goes in Guild versus Guild Warfare. True. Letting someone stay in overnight's not very uh, MMO PvP of you, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is very cash money of you. So and it's very Pokemon Go of you for yeah. sure. Yeah. And that's that's where we're at. So one thing I will say is that as we we've, we've heard people call in, complain, talk about it, bring it up about like local cultures around gym control. The more often I hear about it, the less I like it. because it usually ends up with somebody who's not part of that community getting bullied and having a bad time. So I will say with the caveat, as long as that's not happening, I think that this unspoken rule is kind of, that's cool, you know, honor amongst thieves sort of thing. But if somebody kicks you out, like our previous uh, uh, response said, that's the game, you know, that's just how it works. So, I'm hoping that everybody's on board because that sounds awesome if that's the case. Three-headed Pokemon. What else could there be? We only named... Well, no, we did name five, didn't we? We, did, we named five. There's, there's, is there a sixth? Oh, man. Not that I can think of. We'll think about it later, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll happen. Does Spiritomb count? <laughs> no, I don't 151 or whatever it sold. 108. 108. 108. Thank you. Cool. Anyways, for this week's Pokepole, we have what has been your most underwhelming or disappointing catch of all time? This is really hard for me to answer. Oh, 
Okay. I need. Do you have one? I I think I have to double check what the numbers are now that I'm now that I'm thinking of it. Um, I can tell. Let me. In the meantime, I'll throw you a bone though. My oh, it's Pidgey. Uh, it's Pidgey Spotlight Hour. Look at that. Yep. Uh, my nice. my Shadow Registeel has fifteen attack. Kyle, he's got fifteen <laughs> attack, twelve defense, and ten HP. I'm so upset about that. That's that is pretty funny. And scrolling through some older Pokemon stuff, I I think I have to go with when I caught a shiny Aeron on my way to the bar for mm. the Mareep up in 2018, 2019. It was 2019. Yeah, that was supreme. That was already my sixth one, and it mm. was it was very disappointing. I've got my, it. My soul I, cries. I wasn't sure if it was my shiny or not, but my my Mew from 2018 is 10, 10, 10. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's yep. right. I remember that. Oh, geez. So anything else besides your Aaron? Because that, that's a good one. I remember that one. Nope. That's that's all I got. Okay. All right. Well, dear listener, and those are, those are a couple of examples. Bonus points if you provide a little bit of a story, some context. That'd be fun, too. But if you have an answer to this week's Pokeball question, which was, once again, what has been your most underwhelming or disappointing catch of all time? Please uh, feel free to respond to the question when it's posted on Twitter. Uh, send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Send us a voicemail by calling 262-586-7717. You can also respond if you're a patron in our patron-exclusive Discord in the channel for Pokepole. And uh, YouTube comments as well in the video version. And I think lastly, I'm hoping I'm not missing any of these. I should make a list for reference. But it's kind of fun to remember every single week. A little bit of a brain teaser. Um, if it's on Spotify and you're listening there, the Q&A question is also a place that you can submit your answer as well. But enough about all of that good stuff. We're actually going to pass it on over to Fish and DeFi-E for this week's PvP Corner segment. They're going to give you an update on, you know, the play Pokemon events. We just had the Orlando Regional this past weekend. I watched a little bit of it. It was very hype. Um, and a bunch of other stuff as always. Over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish on Ahita. And I'm DeFi 250 And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that has just moved in from the Hoenn region. DeFi, what's going on in PvP? Well, for me personally, I'm really excited. I hit veteran during this most recent meta cycle with the Open Ultra League and Ultra League Premiere. Let me tell you, Fish, people are not prepared for a Charmer in the back. I'm not running Double Charm. I only have Sylveon. But I think people forgot how good it is because it was nerfed a little bit. So I had a pretty solid run going up from about 2300 to 2500 in Ultra League Premier this week. Yeah, so first of all, congratulations on making bet. And second, yeah, I totally agree. Like, all the time a Pokemon will get a nerf between seasons, and it'll be just a very minor nerf, something to just cut off the corner of its dominance and the greater community just kind of goes oh well this is useless now but no charm wall rain uh, even nitto queen they're still almost as good and yeah it's uh, a lot of people have just forgotten about it and are now unprepared for it like you have discovered yourself 
Yeah. So do you have any other notes from your time in Ultra League and Ultra League premiere for the week? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm playing around with teams. Uh, I'm doing what I used to do in previous seasons where I would just be just unable to break out of this zone of about one to 200 ELOs. So I just keep getting up to almost 2,400 and then falling back below 2,300. Those days early on in the season when I was at 2,700 <laughs> seems so far away. But right now I'm using a team of Dragonite lead, Shadow Dragonite lead, Samurott as a pivot, and Aurorus as my closer. Ooh, Aurorus is fun. It is, yeah. It's I was initially just so worried about how weak it is to counter. But not only it has it been pretty easy to avoid the counter users, but there has been a couple of situations where I've managed to close out a battle against a Machamp by double weatherballing it. Or I also took out an Obstagoon by Meteor Beaming it at the end of the battle. So yeah, as long as you can manage your energy well and, you know, burn your opponent's shields, you can you can close that out. Awesome. Well, let's move on here. If you want to continue in the Ultra League, you can go ahead and do that. Otherwise, down in the Great League, we have the Love Cup. And the Love Cup is a great league meta where you run only pink and red Pokemon. And this is based on their official co Pokemon colorings. They have a page on the blog with those details. Or you can go to PV Poke, like I did, and take a look at the top 10 species, which we have XL Metacham, Shadow and Regular Charizard, Lickitung, Ariados, Alomomola, Scrafty, Lurantis, Sea King, Magcargo, and Galarian Slowbro. So some very different Pokemon getting the spotlight. What have you discovered, Fish? Because I know that Pallet Town puts out these phenomenal, very long deep dives, and then also a meta in five minutes. What did you gather in your research on the Love Cup? Well, I describe it as it's it's a polarized meta, which I've always disliked about a meta when, you know, things will either lose hard or win hard and there's not too much play in between. But it's also a chance to use some Pokemon that I think are really fun. Um, it's one of the most fun metas I have seen. So I, I don't mind how polarized it can be. The Pokemon at the top are things like Alamomola, which, you know, will absolutely wall any fire types and can hang in there with some electric types, has absolutely nothing against the grass types. Um, Ariados is going to be absolutely huge. Metacham is going to be a huge one. Um, Galarian Slowbro is one of my favorites, but also take a look at Kanto Slowbro because that is a good one that can break a core of Alumamola and Charizard, as well as beating the Metacham quite handily. It does struggle against Scrafty, though, which is the other most popular counter user. Have you got any thoughts about the meta? 
Not quite yet. I'm still thinking about what I want to use. I don't think I've ever built an Aridos, and I know I don't have a Galarian Slowbro, so Poison might be a little tough for me to use. I might mm -hmm. have to rely on some other typings. For example, like I definitely have a Metacham. It's not red or pink. My Metacham is shiny. It's blue, but I can still nice. use it. Shiny does the shiny or not doesn't matter. And I just remember really liking a Lomomola just because it is so bulky and you can do a lot of damage with Waterfall. And the grass types in this meta are pretty hard to use because most of the grass types just have no play against the fires or the poisons and bugs, which there are so many of those around. Uh, Lorantis can hit back against Macargo specifically because of the superpower and neutral leaf blades, but it's a tough one. The only other exception is Hisuian Electrode, which came in at the end of the meta last year, so it didn't get much use, but it's got some play here. Obviously, it's going to hate the Aridos, but it is something that can beat the all-important Alumomola and Charizard Core, or just Water and Charizard Core, and it beats them very handily. What we discovered was that it gets to two Wild Charges quicker than what a Charizard can get to a Blast Burn and a Dragon Claw, which means that if they do bait you successfully, you can still get to that second Wild Charge. Very cool. So maybe I'll just have to try that Alomomola Charizard core and see how it goes. My Charizard will be a regular one, but it's Charizard just seems too good right now. Like it's having its moment yeah. in the limelight. I feel like this is if you're going to use it, this is the time. Do you think it's possible that they re-nerf wing attack seeing how much of a difference it's made this season i doubt it i think they would just alter other moves in the meta maybe give you know rock types another little moment or give electric types we haven't seen a really good electric meta mm -hmm. in a while amphros butter tool yeah. butters and his amphros just gotta <laughs> see the day I hope that they don't buff other stuff to counter this because, like, I think the game's already suffering from a little bit of power creep, which, for those who haven't heard that term before, it refers to something that happens in games like this where things just get more and more and more powerful to try and rebalance things. And it, it ends up, you know, stuff that was really good before is now mediocre and then becomes terrible and then you just have to make numbers higher and higher in order to you know get new good stuff in the game we'll have to see i'm sure they usually have just as many buffs to moves as they do nerfs when mm. those move updates come out so we'll just have to see next season is fast approaching you know what else is fast approaching Go Battle Day! We have Go Battle Day with a Vulpix spotlight. Vulpix is definitely enjoying uh, enjoying some spotlight as well. So on Sunday, February 12th, you have your standard bonuses, standard 24 hours of Go Battle Day, uh, timed research. You get your 100 battles or 20 sets. Also, though, you can evolve a Kanto Vulpix to get a Ninetales with Ember as a fast attack that Shadow Kanto Ninetales with Ember was what was popularized by Cindy, the Vancouver champion of last season of Play Pokemon. And Ninetales, I still think, gets a lot of love in Go Battle League as well as in the Play Pokemon circuit. Also to note, 
just from 11 to 2 local time, so not the entire event, just that 11 to 2, just that three hours, you can get Vulpix. It's featured in the Go Battle League reward. So if you don't have a Vulpix that you want to evolve into a Ninetales, that would be a really good opportunity. If you use one of your battle passes, let's say you're not a big raider, uh, every single encounter that you'll get for that set will be a Vulpix. So you can evolve your Vulpix at any point during the day, but the Vulpix will only be an encounter reward from 11 to 2. Is that right? If I am reading the copy correctly, that is my understanding. Okay, cool. Next up, we have from February 16 to 23, Open Master League and Master League Premiere. It is... Master League level 50 without any legendaries, mythicals, or ultra beasts. This is like we have joked about it before, about this is rest time for Fish and DeFi. Genuinely, honestly, I, I can't see myself playing that week. I'm kind of the same, but for those of you who are interested in Master League, especially Premier, so maybe you haven't gotten the XL candies to max out your Dialga or some of your other legendaries. There are other options that are a little bit more attainable. So your Master League Premier Top 10, Shadow and Regular Dragonite, Florgis, which is featured right now in the Valentine's event with Flabebe. I'm so happy about that, by the way. <laughs> Me too. You also And coming in third is Snorlax, but with that has both Shadow and Regular. Gyarados, Shadow and Regular, Garchomp, Metagross, Ursaluna, Shadow and Regular, Mamoscine, Shadow and Regular, Excadrill, and Hisuian Avalog. So a lot of these Pokemon are featured pretty regularly. Flababy, you can get candy for right now. Magikarp had a community day, so you might have a lot of candy for Magikarp. It's also a one kilometer buddy, so pretty easy to get XL candy for a Gyarados. Garchomp had a community day, so I have a level 50 Garchomp. Metagross, I believe, had a feature pretty recently. Ursaluna had a community day not too long ago. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, it has been winter, so <laughs> Swineup has been all over the place. I can max out a Mama Swine, and I don't, I'm not Master League focused, but I do have the XL candy to be able to do that. And Hisuian Avalug had a raid day, so you might have a good handful of Avalug candy. Also, Northern Hemisphere, it's been winter. <laughs> Lots of Bergmites out there. I just really want to state that this is a lot more accessible out of the two, in my personal opinion, because I haven't spent the crazy amount of money it would take to XL a Dialga or to XL any mm. of the legendaries in open master league or the, like I, I could not level 50 in Mewtwo right now if I needed to. Yeah. Same for me. It's like, I, I have no problem with the master league meta. I know a lot of people will complain about, oh yeah, master league's terrible. Like we, we aren't those people. We, we enjoy that meta as much as any meta, but it's just literally, we don't have the resources ourselves. We don't grind enough. But that will change eventually. Yeah, there are Pokemon I would love during the Hoenn Tour coming up. I'd love to be able to work on my 100% Groudon to be able to level 50 that. Uh, Groudon with mm -hmm. Mudshot, Earthquake, Fire Punch, and then the Primal Groudon will be very, very good. Oh, yeah. 
also Lugia, I would love to be able to do Giratina, Kyrim. There's so many awesome Master League Pokemon. Just to continue shouting out Premiere, I'm not sure. Um, Fish, are you going to do a Master League Premiere dive for Pallet Town, do you think? We will, but it will be a pretty condensed one because it is pretty much the same thing as what Premier Classic was, just 10 levels high. Okay. So we do have a video on that already on the Pallet Town PvP YouTube channel. Awesome. I was just going to shout out that there are even more Pokemon. They're not the top 10 species necessarily, but for example, Swampert. Mm. Swampert gets featured a lot. And that's something you can use in Master Premiere. Hydreigon. Dino just had a community day. You can Many people can probably XL uh, Hydreigon. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Chestnut is quite good. And you could XL level 50 at Chestnut probably. We just had Chessman Day not too long ago. Machamp. Machop is often featured. Togekiss, I have a lot of XL candy from hatching eggs. Walrein had its community day. There, there are options up here. Vaporeon is number 38 in the PV poke rankings. I can definitely level 50 in Eevee right now. Whether it would turn into a Vaporeon, that's the question. That's yeah, the dice that's roll. The other problem. So we normally stop there with the GBL section, but since it's pretty much the end of the season. We thought we'd cover the very last cup of the season, which is Master League Mega Edition and Hoenn Cup in the Great League. So the Open Master League, just like the regular one, just with Mega Evolved Pokemon allowed. We have talked about in episodes gone by, things like Mega Gyarados is huge. Mega Swampert is going to be a big one. Mega Blaziken has a lot of play. Uh, the Mega Charizards as well. There's There's a lot of really nice options there. I agree. It'll definitely shake things up. Paired with Master League Megas, we also have the Hoenn Cup Great League Edition because this will happen around the same time as Hoenn Tour. It's really interesting because a lot of the Pokemon that we think of as the best Pokemon in competitive Pokemon Go are from the Hoenn region. I made a short list of Registeel, Metacham, Swampert, Pelipper, Altaria, and Sableye would probably be some of your big ones. Mm -hmm. But even some of the slightly lesser ones, Wishcash, Vigoroth, Defense Deoxys, Cast Form in all of its forms, Tropius, Shiftry, all have really good play. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this meta shakes out. And specifically the Hoenn Cup, it's Pokedex 252 to 386. So anything with those Pokedex numbers, so any kind of regional variations would be included in this. Yeah, I get the sense that this will be a lot more open and fluid than what, say, Sinnoh and Hisui Cup were. Uh, if you don't remember those cups, it was basically Bastidon, Toxicroak, and Drifflim. And it's like, if you had your Driplim against the opposing Toxicroak, then you were absolutely winning every time, 10 times out of 10. Um, if your Bastiodon was against a Driplim, then the Bastiodon was winning every single time. And yeah, yeah just the RPS, Rock, Paper, Scissors uh, kind of meta. Yeah, so this doesn't seem like that just looking at the eligible Pokemon. I can't wait to see if that is indeed the case. Yeah, looking forward to it. 
Moving on, our Sylph check-in and Nyad Cup is underway. Just taking a look at some of the usage. So I predicted at the start that the big four would be Jellicent, Altaria, Greedent, and Mew. Of those four, three have proven very popular. Jellicent, a lot less popular than expected. It's only currently on 8% of teams. The two surprise packets for me have been Galvantula, which beats all of those except for the Altaria, and Walrein, which obviously will crush the Altaria, but also has plenty of neutral play against a lot of that other stuff. Even the Galvantula that is really popular, like it can't take two Icicle Spears, so you can build up energy and take out the Galvantula in the late game. I played in two early tournaments, or I'm playing in two tournaments that started really early, so I don't have a lot of battles under my belt in Nyad Cup yet. However, I did pick two very spicy Pokemon, and I'm not sure about my feelings. I picked Lugia, because I do like that it beats both Altaria and Greedent. So I listened to you, Fish, and I picked that one up. I'm not sure, though, because it's glassier than I thought it was you wouldn't think so because like in your head it's like this huge giant legendary but it is just made of paper and then the other pokemon i went for was buzzswole because there are so many normal types in the meta and there's not a ton of counter users so i thought buzzswole might be interesting it's a little bit more popular i think i would have preferred a scavalier though if i had to pick between the two counter users Mm -hmm. Generally, I prefer a Scavalier up in the Ultra League where it has a bit more bulk to it and it can tank another hit. So I think the main thing here is I picked two very glassy, kind of spicy Pokemon and I'm having some second thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. Buzzwole does just as poorly against Altaria as a Scavalier would. So you're not getting any advantage or really disadvantage there. Obviously, the double weakness to flying means that uh, the Altaria and also, you know, Alugia would be able to one-shot it, which means it is a bit shield-hungry. The Lugia, I went through the same thing as you, just because Galvantula and Warrain were both more popular than I expected. It kind of meant that it became a little bit hostile for Lugia to have as much play. And, like... Those wins against Altaria and Greedon, they're not comfortable wins. <laughs> like Both of those Pokemon can play around that pretty easily. So yeah, I've dropped my Lugia 2 and replaced it with Defense Deoxys. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's another counter user. However, it is weak to any ghost or dark types that are hanging, like any ghost or dark type moves that might be around. So mm-hmm. I have seen plenty of Jellicent, so I know Jellicent would love to see Defense Deoxys. <laughs> Unless you're running Thunderbolt, then you have a little bit of play against a Jellicent. I'm not. I'm running Rock Slide for the Altarians and for the Gavantulas. I figure because that Jellicent's only got an 8% usage at the moment, whereas is running at 49% and Galvantula's at 23 I feel like the rock is a little bit more handy there. Yeah, so that's only my first two tournaments I ran those two. I have some other tournaments coming up, so I'll probably switch up my lineup at least a little bit. 
I also just wanted to give a really quick factions update and a shout out. First off, my bees, I'm so excited. We're on a four-week win streak, and I'm really excited about we're currently five and two. We barely scratched a win against Masubi. We won 11 to 10, which is very sweaty. But I wanted to shout out Masubi because there are so many girls that PvP on this squad. If you take a look at the Masubi squad down in North America Open, we have Mila Velian, Evie Lee, Love All Always, Robobell, and Melgood, and Sushi Must Write. So we have so many women featured on that faction squad that I really just wanted to shout them out. A lot of teams only have maybe one or two women, if any. So absolutely love to see that representation from Masubi in North America Open. This week, my faction, which was the Queen Bees, were an all-girls-that-PVP faction, also in North America Open. We're up against the Rowdy Rowlets, and we're getting kind of close. If we can win this week, we might be up uh, to get promoted, so we will have to see. We're really fighting for it. Girls at PVP on that team, Moody Mimikyu and Myrtleiz are also on that team, so shout out to them. Nice um yeah glad to hear you guys are doing really well it looks like you're on your way to being promoted again which is awesome yeah we were in iron for one cycle uh and then got shot right back down i'd love to take another swing at north america iron the pallet town factions we've got uh two factions in the european region one in the north american region and one in the asia pacific so we're we've, we've been quite greedy with ours but um we all, all four of our teams got wins this week so pallet town red beat the goldine girls they are not looking like they're they'll be in the promotions though in this time so we won't be meeting you in iron tier pallet town silver beat team de Yusolurudo. no team de Yusolurudo. And Palatown Gold managed to beat the Spinder Beat. So Palatown Silver is extremely close to that promotion zone. They are equal third on points, but their overall battles won. They are two behind the team that is actually sitting in third. So very, very close, and it's going to come down to those last couple of weeks. Uh, Pallet Town Ruby, the Asia-Pacific team, uh, we, we won because we had a bye. <laughs> but it's a win. Yep, we take those. You always yeah. take those. Yeah, in North America Open right now, we have one undefeated team, the Barktown Boomers. Then we have one team that is 6-1, the Battle Boys, so Battle Bill PvP's team. And then we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. <laughs> that are five and two so have those 15 wow. points so this all this week is going to be a big deal to see kind of where that all shakes out all right so that is our self check-in we now have the play pokemon section and orlando regionals happened on the weekend it did so if we take a look orlando florida that was february 3rd to the 5th and the player count for that was 124. So a massive, massive tournament. And our winner was Zay Burglar. 
is our regional champion, had a fantastic run, was in the winner's bracket, beat Frankie T52, lost to Bo Sox guy, was knocked down to the loser's bracket, had a very, very close game against J Mills, beat him three to two. And then went to face Bo Sox guy in the grand finals. Zed Burglar beat him 3-0 to reset the bracket. And then continued, went 3-1 to beat Bo Sox guy again. So played him, what was that, 4-7, 11 times. They had 11 matches on the a day marathon. two. It's quite a marathon. So... However, Zay Burglar reigned supreme and had a phenomenal spice pick. So in addition to his Glorian Stunfisk, Noctowl, Trevenant, Lantern, and Metacham, your standard teams, was running Shadow Mawile. Shadow Mawile. Yeah. Um, really interesting. Okay, so I, I don't get to watch these regionals because of the time they air, but what what are you what are you getting with shadow marwile so like you i guess with if you're running firefang power up punch maybe you can farm down a galarian sunfisk but you'd have to shield an earthquake you'd probably be able to beat noctowl it doesn't have to run firefang maybe you can run like a fairy wind but then you are giving up the galarian sunfisk matchup and probably picking up the metacham matchup uh, Trevenant would be interesting, like Firefang versus Fairy Wind. There, you'd have to make some decisions with that Pokemon. So, I'm going to give a shout out to a guy who is on Twitter. His name is Green BV, who, after each of these regionals, collects all the data of all the usage of all the teams in each regional and puts out these awesome digestible charts to to help us learn what the current meta is. The chart that he's got, he only has 115 teams. He only has data on 115 teams out of the 124 that were registered. But 70% of those teams had Galarian Sunfisk on it. 67% had Metacham. 66% had Noctowl. And 54% had Trevenant. And this is something that I've seen some discussion on this lately, where the Great League meta has really condensed into those four picks. Looking even at the the top eight here, I think every single one of these top eight has at least three of those four on their team. I would definitely agree. The most common cores would be Metacham, Noctowl, and Galarian Stunfisk is the most common, or Metacham, Galarian Stunfisk, and Trevenant. Uh, those are some of the most common cores of three, and a lot of them go even further than that. So I've seen this out there by several content creators, several people on Twitter. Which was better? Was it better when everything was Trevenant and Walrein? Or is it better now when everything is Lantern and Trevenant and Noctowl? Well, I may be, like, uh, I don't have the data in front of me, but back when Trevenant and Warrain, it wasn't on as many teams as what this core four are, right? I think so. I feel like everyone had a Trevenant and a Walrain, and then mm. like a Registeel. So we will yeah. we'll have to see. I'm wondering if it's 
um, wrote looking back and through rose colored glasses, like, oh, it was yeah. better before. <laughs> but when um, Ray, maybe it w- really wasn't all that great before either, because I remember plenty of people complaining at the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it. We we get a lot of this information from Twitter, so where a lot of people complain on Twitter. So take it with a pinch of salt. But I guess one way that I look at it is if there's only two Pokemon dominating as opposed to four, then it still leads to a bit more variety in the rest of the team as as what the current one does. I've also seen a lot of commentary about how like Niantic have failed doing this and i i want to put out my my disagreement of that because it's like their hands are pretty tied with a lot of this like they can't touch a pokemon stats they can't touch a pokemon's typing so something like a metacham is probably always going to dominate um and and trevenant as well the only thing they can do is affect moves and they've got to be really careful with how they change movesets on Pokemon. Like, if they nerfed Shadow Ball, that doesn't just affect Trevenant. That affects a lot of things. Like, if they nerf Counter, then suddenly that throws a, a rock amongst the pigeons, you know? <laughs> um, they could kind of wind back Wing Attack a little to make Noctowl not as big. They could maybe nerf Mudshot a little. But again, that doesn't just affect Galarian Stunfisk. That affects a lot of Mudshotters. So they've got to be very careful, and there's really not that much Niantic can do to fix this. It's just kind of the natural state of the game. Right, and if you're not playing any other games, this might be frustrating, but if you play a lot of different competitive games, you'll know that there are move updates and reworks that happen throughout competitive in pretty much any competitive game. There are reworks and things. I think immediately to Unite, another Pokemon title. There are constantly reworks of which Pokemon, um, which Pokemon have which moves and how powerful they are. That is constant, uh, as well as pretty much, again, pretty much any other competitive game, which really, when you think about it, we're not that old when it comes to competitive gaming. Oh, that's so young. We haven't been around. We're so young. We haven't, there's, there's room to grow for sure. So taking a look at the upcoming regionals happening, we've got Melbourne Internationals happening on the 18th and 19th. There are 77 players registered for that last time I checked. And I'm going to skip ahead to the other Australian regional, Perth, which is happening on the 4th to 5th of March, which has seven players registered. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Um, are you Perth- one of those seven? Yes, I am. And so is my ex-partner. She has registered for it as well. And there's also a a friend of mine from like a local community. So together we make up almost half of the Perth Championship. Well, there's plenty of time to register. That's not until March 4th and 5th. There are two tournaments the weekend of February 24th to 26th, Knoxville and Bochum. Knoxville is in Tennessee in the United States, and Bochum is in Germany. But Fish, do you know what else is happening the weekend of February 24th to the 26th? No. Tell me. What's happening? Hoenn Tour. So if you're giving lots of Pokemon players an option between you could go to this tournament or you could play Hoenn Tour, a lot of people are going to pick Hoenn Tour. 
Knoxville has 50 players registered, Bochum 32. So that is a problem. However, if you haven't noticed in Pokemon Go, there are events happening all the time. I'm sure it's difficult to schedule around, and I definitely don't work with Niantic. Uh, mm-hmm. I work with Play Pokemon. But I would have to imagine from Niantic's perspective, they probably like having events at the same time as these regionals because it's getting people together in the real world. Mm-hmm. And then you give them an event to do as on top of it. But it yeah, can also be frustrating. Point. So I'm not really sure. I know that these events are all planned out really far in advance, like the play mm-hmm. Pokemon season. I'm sure they have, again, above my pay grade. <laughs> But I'm sure that they already are in the works of planning the next season's dates. Like yeah, these are planned out way far in advance. Niantic plans their calendars really far in advance. And they've both got these things happening every weekend. Like I'm, I'm still looking at this list of upcoming regionals. There's literally one every weekend between now and late March. And Pokemon Go has an event pretty much every week. So it's impossible for them to both coordinate and say, well, we've got something happening this week, so make sure you don't have anything on this week. Yeah, I, I think it's more complicated than the Twitter complainers make it seem. <laughs> I think it's... You can tell we've spent a lot of time on Twitter this week, and we've got thoughts. However, let's take a look. Vancouver, Canada, March 10th through the 12th. Tons of time to register. Last check was 32. I'm sure that is going to go up. Natal in Brazil registration just opened and then the one in Utrecht Netherlands still holding strong at around 164 players registered. I'd love to see that push to like 250, like get that way up there. I think that would be fantastic to see. So we will have to see and there's still a ton of time to register. That is not until March 18th and 19th. So over a month away. And that's it for the Play Pokemon section. Finally, let's move on to the shameless plugs. I want to give a shout out to some people in the community who have hit milestones in the Pallet Town PvP community. We have Janino and Bandman Clayton who both hit Legend. Blepnir hit Expert. Athena and Collectanto hit Veteran. And in the GoCast community, we've got Wang J Chen hit a new peak for the season of 23-14. And Triptando has hit legend well done congratulations trainers as far as content goes just make sure to check out the breakdown videos of each gbl meta we do on the palatown pvp youtube channel we've got as Deepai mentioned a two hour long full breakdown which gives you all the information you could possibly want to know and then we've got a tldr five minute version for those who just don't want to sit through that whole thing and just want to get like the basics and then use that to build off of themselves i'm definitely the tldr listener yeah i know (laughs) love me love me some of that uh nothing big for me again i think instagram is where i'm posting more often right now i do a lot of retweets on twitter and i'll post big things there but I just like Instagram is so chill right now. I've got a ton of AR photos in my feed that I really like. And then I just post it to my stories, pictures of like, here's this cute Dunkin' Donuts donut that I got this morning. (laughs) So again, if that kind of slice of life, quick content is something that you're looking for, I post uh, different like, like what you're reading. What are you listening to right now? 
if that kind of content is something you want from me or that kind of engagement, Instagram is the best way to get it. To close out, we love hearing from you. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct that to pvbcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Chris talks about each of these at the end of the show, so listen for that. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Fish and DeFi E, for yet another wonderful PVP Corner segment. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Mr. Kyle, uh, I know we're not running as long as normal, but for some reason, I still can't maintain my train of thought. What are we doing? Where are we? It's time for emails. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we've got four voicemails. Oh, my gosh. Woo. Okay, let's get going here. This first voicemail is from Kevin Red Bull. Hi, Chris and Kyle. It's Kevin Red Bull here. I actually have some big news. I'm calling you on Monday morning at my lunch. I uh, played Noibat Community Day yesterday on Sunday, February 5th. And after about 1.3 million XP worth of grinding, I hit level 50. And not only did I hit I made it a little more special. I evolved the only three-star shiny Noibat I got, which I did not have a Noibat previous to this day. It painfully eluded me when it was hashed, but all my friends got it. Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was an amazing moment. I actually hit level 40 at 4.20 p.m. in the afternoon, which I usually send my friends and family on Snapchat a quick little one-minute happy 4.20 in the afternoon snap. Oh my god. Wink, wink. (laughs) So... I just wanted to call you guys and leave a nice voicemail saying I officially hit level 50. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be in the club. Chris, glad to be there with you. Kyle, maybe someday. <laughs> One day. Have a great day, you guys. Shiny vibes all. Kevin Redbolt out. Kevin, congrats. It's a congrats. huge accomplishment. Yeah. Also, in the same club. I evolved my first Noivern on Community Day, Ooh. and it was shiny. So it's you know, shiny Dex entry, tex- technically. That's fun. Yeah. Good deal. Hey, do you like shiny Noivern? It's fine. I don't I don't have any particular thoughts. It's an okay, like, teal yeah. color. Like aquamarine, sort of. It's actually less green than that, more blue, I suppose. But I think Noibat looks way better. Yeah, I think it just like being smaller with more details of the like the alternating colors is for sure. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, Kevin, again, congratulations on level 50. That's incredible. And thank you for giving Kyle kind of a hard time. I appreciate that. (laughs) Also, uh, I'm going to interrupt the voicemail for something we should have mentioned in news just because it's really funny. Uh, We forgot to mention the greatest change they ever added to the game. And they changed the way that the items are sorted and the yes yeah so and that oh how it's, it's been it's, sorted or how it yeah. looks well like how how would you don't have to scroll anymore it's it's actually like just set it up in sections it's amazing it's really nice yeah so <laughs> that that was out for a bunch of people and it finally rolled out for all of us um so i'm, I'm assuming it, i think it was a forced update for everybody but it looks so much cleaner it it's so it's much great. better just I don't know why there's even an option to switch back and forth. Just get rid of the old well, way. I did see some people saying that they looked a little bit small. So maybe accessibility, uh, make them bigger. 
Oh, okay. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but it's I don't, I don't know. I, I like that feature. <laughs> no, that's right. That's technically new, so that that counts. Um, but thank you very much, Kevin Rebel. This next one is from Mooselet two one one. Hey, Chris and Kyle. It's, uh, name's Mooselet two one one. Big fan. Um, new listener. Um, to answer y'all's poke pole question, I tap on gyms only if there's um, space to plop Pokemon in. Never battle them. Never spin the photo disc. Let my Go Plus take care of that. If it's full, no need to tap on it. Um, also, uh, Kyle, you mentioned you don't know what Synchro Noise does in the original games. Well, it's just, it hits all adjacent Pokemon that share a type. So, for example, if a dragon, or if a normal flying type uses it, then a dragon flying type is going to get hit. Has 120 base damage. Um, 100 accuracy. It's pretty good. It's an egg move for Ralts. But I got a question for y'all. Um, do y'all think that Pokemon Go will ever allow raid mythical Pokemon to be traded, like Darkrai or Deoxys? Because I have a bunch of those, and I would love a Lucky, but I've got so many Shinies that they're just sitting there, and they're useless. Well, thank y'all for y'all's content. Um, I'm going to Vegas, so I'd love to see uh, one of y'all there. Y'all have a good one. That's a that's a very interesting move. I don't know. Maybe I should go read about it. See, like, is that actually synchronized use cases? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to see it too. But in, in Go, it's just not all that or a bag nope. of chips, nothing. So, um, but yeah, no, I'll I'll see you in Vegas, Moonslit. Hit me up. Let's meet up. Let's let's say hi. Be cool to to meet you. Um, but this question of do we think that Niantic will eventually make rateable mythicals? tradable yeah i my my gut says no personally i i yeah. wouldn't hold on to any deoxys or dark rye for for trading but you never know i feel like it's not allowed because the pokemon company said something and it seems unlikely the pokemon company would change their stance yeah so i think i think it actually here's my theory Okay, I think it comes from um, one place and one place only, and that's Mew and how Mew is handled. They're very particular about how Mew is handled, and it has the mythical um, categorization right on purpose for that. And because of that and because of a similar way that Celebi is treated, um, they had to make a set of rules for mythical. So they all had consistent treatment over other games. Now, it's not that you can't trade Mew away in the Game Boy games or other main series games. That's completely fine. I think the reason that you can't trade mythicals in this game, even rateable ones, is because there are distinct benefits that come with that come with trading. And, and they change these Pokemon. For the same reason that we're probably never going to see a Shadow Mew, you know? I, I don't. Yeah. They would probably not want to see a Lucky Mew as well. Mew is Mew. Shiny Mew is shiny Mew, and that's kind of like a collection piece. But but Mew canonically for Pokemon is really important, and yeah, so I and, think they don't want to change that. And I and I think they like to treat mythicals very special in yeah. the main series games in general. So while they might not be as important as Mew is, they they try and stay at least somewhat consistent in that regard. Right. Right. 
So who knows if that's the reason or otherwise, but I think, yeah, changing, I think changing a core element of these iconic Pokemon that they haven't decided to do themselves is just going to stop them from being treated other ways, you know? At least you can transfer the rateable ones. That's a nice change. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're just slamming Deoxys raids. Didn't know. Go to transfer 400 of them. And you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, my it'd be, God. It'd be so bad. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you very much for that voicemail. Here's our next one from Andy. Hi, guys. Love the show. I'm here to answer the pokey poll about the gyms. Well, I love getting gym badges. So I've got over 200 gold badges at this point. And uh, it's something that people I know are into. And it's also cool just to have that kind of record of being at this place for a while. Um, and supporting my team, Instinct Forever. So Let's go. Also... I don't want to be unpopular, but I love the thing of having matching teams in a gym, defending the gym. So if somebody puts a pink Pokemon in, I'm going to put a pink one in too. And so that person that just leaves a slack off when they're cruising by, well, to each their own. But that's what I love about it. This this uh, This is Andy from Louisville, Kentucky, by the way. And... Sorry for the long voicemail. Bye. I am appreciating all the love for themed teams in the gym. I will admit that is a fun aspect of gyms for sure. Yeah. And here I am. I pick the lowest CP thing that I can put in nowadays. Really? I think I put a a shiny whooper in the other day that was like, 200 cp or something like that <laughs> awesome that's a high level whooper dude yeah i don't like level level 20 whooper you got your hands on there <laughs> well, i think it was hatched so yeah 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 but no thank you very much for for leaving a voicemail about your experience with gyms i i agree some aspects of it is fun and i do appreciate that you like the gym badges i just wish the game had more respect for players like you like kyle was saying there needs to be some sort of permanent collection process that needs to be revisited. The map for the gyms also needs to be revisited. I forget that, that exists. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it, unfortunately. But thank you for the voicemail. This next one is from an unnamed person. Y'all got to say who you are. I'm sorry. I don't know your phone numbers. <laughs> hey, Chris and Kyle. Got a question for you. Since Generation 3, we've been able to catch uh, babies in the wild starting with Why Not on Mirage Island, and then in Generation 4, I think with the Trophy Garden. Do you suspect Niantic's ever going to let these baby Pokemon out of eggs for maybe like an Easter event? Or is it simply too profitable to keep them in eggs? Thanks. Shiny Visal, Trent. Oh, it's Trent. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. I didn't catch that the first time I listened to it. Hey, Trent, thanks. Um, we got, was it, was it Cleffa in raids? So, something, I swear to God, we got a baby that was not in the wild that had a hat or something, or that was in the wild. Not Did next. we really? I don't remember. I, I swear, okay, I, I could be making this up. If somebody else remembers this, please let me know. I'll look it up later, but we'll go off 
the idea that we've never had it. It's kind of weird because babies have never just been exclusive to eggs in Pokemon, except for Gen 3, I, 2 and 3, I guess, technically. Like, Gen 4 has Riolu in the wild. You don't have to hatch an egg to get Riolu. Yeah. Uh, same same thing for Legends Arceus and Scarlet, Scarlet and, Violet. and Violet. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to change it because it makes a lot of money. Not going to lie. But it also is just a, a fitting thematically for their game in a way. I don't I don't know how to further express the idea that it just, it makes more sense in go for babies not to be in raids or the wild than it does in the main series game. Yeah. I I'm going to agree with you 100% there. I don't think there's really much of a chance outside of, you know, some special events or some outliers uh, that they would move the baby pool out of eggs. They just fit really well thematically with being in an egg pool and there's enough of them and they're exciting enough that they kind of carry an egg pool by themselves more often than not. And on that same note about being exciting enough, the moment it's out of an egg pool, it's done. Like they can't put it back. I mean, they will, but Mm -hmm. they don't get they don't get it back. You know, the moment Riolu is available in raids, it's done like Nobody's going to want to hatch another egg for it in the same right. capacity. So they, they'd they have to be absolutely sure that they were done with the Pokemon in eggs first. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, that being said, I, again, don't think that they're ever not going to be in eggs. So yeah, I think we're safe. Again, the, the only exception might be if it's a special event. Riolu is a good candidate. Could potentially be maybe like a research breakthrough or something like that. Or um, a really field research one. task or something like that. What's that? Riolu is the only one. Um, I, I feel like Riolu is the only one that, that like, I don't know, it stands to, to can, have something around it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see a costumed Pichu perhaps in a. Yeah, but they already do that, and it's just you just have to hatch an egg of it. <laughs> true, very, very true. So, I yeah. guess Tyrogue maybe you could do a Tyrogue research day, and that would that would check out. I think maybe we need a Tyrogue community day. Is what we need. That'd be interesting. I, yeah, that would that would be a really great way to gut that shiny's allure though (laughs) 100 percent. yeah yeah anyway thank you everybody for your voicemails it's so cool to have four of them trent i'm sorry i didn't catch your name the first time through so thank you very much for providing that um but now we're gonna cover a few emails before we're out of here for the episode first emails from walter and they said hello chris and kyle i am writing this email just after listening to your rant about mega gengar which one (laughs) Yeah. Are there any other Megas with good dark type attacks? And if so, why is Mega Gengar so good? Why use a ghost type over a dark? They are both super effective against ghost and psychic, but any ghost boss will be super effective against the ghost type you have. As a response to your poke pull, I'm a free to play player and interact with gyms as often as possible. I usually try to sit on three to five Pokemon in gyms at all times and always take gyms. Unless there was a Pokemon in the Happy Evolution line. Those are so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on Team Mystic, by the way. I think this email has the perfect length, and I am sorry for nothing. Happy Valentine's Day and shiny vibes all. 
sending this the day before community day. So good luck. Oh, well, hopefully you walked away with a barrel of shinies. So dark megas. We have Houndoom. We have Gyarados. We will have Tyranitar eventually at some point. Um, Absol. Absol Sharpedo. I think that's it. I think those are the yeah, ones. Yeah, um, there's probably one or two other ones, but we can't recall them right now. Yeah. Uh, so, in the grand scheme of things, a Dark Mega works just fine. Like, they are interchangeable in a lot of capacities. One benefit, of course, is Mega Gengar boosts the candy drop for a ghost raid boss, as well as is super effective against it. The one downside, of course, is Mega Gengar is weak to Psychic. So that's uh, right. something I have to deal with still every day. <laughs> but how common could could raid Pokemon that are also psychic type be, Kyle? I mean, it's the only reason you're bringing Mega Gengar in the first place. <laughs> the answer is so, incredibly common. It's so common. <laughs> Why are they so common? Anyway, but just for some numbers about how good Mega Gengar is because of stats, with Lick and Shadow Ball, it 23.3 DPS. 581 TDO. Uh, we'll use Mega Absol right now because it has the highest DPS. 18.7 DPS. 335 TDO. So the Ooh. TDO is really bad at Mega Absol. Hmm. But we'll do something else instead. Mega Houndoom. 18.4 DPS. 524 TDO. So a full five less DPS than Mega Gengar in the scenario. Usable. Definitely still really good. But if you looking purely at DPS, which a lot of people do, Mega Gengar still kind of blows them all out of the water. Right. Mega Mega Tyranitar is slightly different. 17 DPS, 825 TDO. So real tanky, obviously, is Tyranitar. But because of the loss in DPS, it, it averages out to be about as good as Houndoom, really. That being said, though... If it's on the field longer, your teammates will benefit from the bonus longer too. So yes, you there's can make, you can there's make argument. arguments yeah. across the board for sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully that yeah. answers the question. Yeah, I think it does here. But yeah, Gengar is just good. Like there's there's more to it than the than the typing. I mean, typing is really 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 important for sure. But yeah, Gengar's stats are just the, out the of this stats world. Are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you very much for your email. This next one is from Mocking John, and they said, just a quick question. Why do you want so many shinies? At the end of your episodes, you often set goals for catching what I consider to be an unnecessary amount of shinies. What are you doing with all of them? I get wanting one of each for collection purposes. Why do you want so gosh darn many? Are you trying to run out of storage? Love the podcast. So happy I found it. Keep up the great work. Reasonable amount of shiny vibes. Signed, Mocking John. Okay. So, Chris, I need to ask you a question. Yeah. What percentage of your current Pokemon storage is Shinies? It's a great question there, Kyle. Let's just say, right now, I'm actually sitting in a great spot storage-wise. Yeah. I have max storage of 6,200, right? But I only have 5,650 filled. We're very, very similar storage right now. Okay. Wow. Okay, so 5,650. I have... Uh, shinies right now. I've got uh, <laughs> two thousand one hundred and twenty. 
2,119. Actually, forgive me. I, I misspoke. So Chris is currently sitting at, uh, you know, two-fifths of his inventory in shinies. Pokemon yeah. he can't touch or do anything with. Yeah. I'm at... Uh, 5,576 Pokemon right now. Uh, 1155 for shinies. So one fifth of my inventory is shinies. As yeah. to why so many, <laughs> the the answer I think is really simple, probably for both of us, and it's because we can. Right. Right. <laughs> that, that, that really is it. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna push this a little bit further and say, Maki and John, do you even play Pokemon Go? The answer is obvious. It's because they're shiny. That's <laughs> it. That's good enough. No, but honestly, uh, it's just one of the things that you can actively sort of uh, compete with somebody. Yeah. It has just yeah. a, a, the right amount of RNG that it it can swing a little bit, but not too too much. Like it's some people use it as a faux measure of success for their events and stuff. It's just a cultural thing, I think. Yeah. I I think there's one thing like jokes and stuff aside that it's really easy to track shinies. Like that's the easiest thing in the game to track aside from maybe number of Pokemon caught. But even that you start transferring them and you start losing your count. So right. you have to look at your total on your profile page and you know keep track of that. It's really easy to walk into an event that has an increased shiny chance that's not normal and go, I want this many. And then you can use that to keep track of what you're doing. Sure, you could say, hey, I only care about getting 750 XL candy. But you don't have that, you don't have that hit of dopamine every time you get an XL candy, but you do every time you get a shiny. Even yes. if you don't care about the shiny, you, it still happens. Yeah. A, sh a great way of making me care about a Pokemon I don't care about is if it's shiny. Then I'm like, oh, all right, golden raspberry, let's go. Like, <laughs> here's here's another argument though I will make really quick is that if you're looking to get a good IV shiny, the best way to increase your chances is to catch more shinies, so you have more rolls on potentially better IVs. Yeah, I mean, it just... well, I don't care about that, but I do. <laughs> yeah, that that said. 30 shinies is probably excessive, but only, only because you don't get rid of any of them after the fact. You know, Ever. I, I'll let Ever. you know, I did put like four Weedles in, uh, in home the other day. Yeah. I'll okay. Congratulations. Like That's only two years old, three years old almost. I'll move a few more later or something like that. Who knows? But <laughs> so you said yours was about a fifth with shinies. So I said, uh, yeah, I said like 50, I thought like 5,400 or something, right? Pokemon. Yeah, so you're at you're at two fifths, approximately. Oh my gosh! Right, you have well, twice as many shinies as I do. That's right. Which which really <laughs> really checks out partially because I've transferred probably I've, I've probably transferred over two hundred shinies approximately, yeah. and the last like five community days in particular, Chris has had a lot higher goals than me. So yes, yeah, that's true. Um, and I refuse to apologize for that. Yeah, no, <laughs> we should, but no. Nah. Uh, so anyway, mocking John, hope that answers your question about, uh, you know, this weird obsession that we all have, but thank you very much for your message. Our next email is from an unnamed texter. It says, sorry for the medium length off subject text. Genshin Impact has been mentioned more than once. <laughs> Kyle, I need to know what's your team for overall exploring. Well, there's a couple of questions. I'll answer that real quick. I use Yelan, Raiden, 
Bennett and Kazaha whenever I do literally anything in Genshin Impact. And I know for the rest of this text, it's going to be a completely another language for Pokemon players. It's how everybody <laughs> else feels when we talk about Pokemon. Don't worry. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. This is more of an introspective exercise than anything else. Uh, for the rest of the rest of the text. I know certain bosses need certain elements, but what is your generic boss team? It is it is the previously mentioned that will fight literally everything unless it is immune to Electro, in which case I will then use Yalan, Zingzhou, Hu Tao, and Zhongli. So, yeah. Uh, is Ben at the Pyro Archon? Sorry, go ahead. Is Zhang, you said Zhongli? Zhong. Zhongli. It's written later in the email, actually. The text message, actually. Oh, there it is. Yeah. But not yeah. Chunli, which I was like, isn't no, that Street not, Fighter? Not Chunli. Oh, for a no. second. You know, like when you're listening to somebody else speak another language, but you know, like five or six words, <laughs> and you hear a word, like, I know what that one means. Like, that's how I felt for a second there. <laughs> yep, that's fair. <laughs> is Ben at the Pyro Archon? No, probably not, but they're going to have to make the Pyro Archon very OP to top Bennett. Hands down, the best unit in the game. Zhongli shields are a must for mobile players. I feel bad for anyone who plays Genshin on mobile. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I've only done it out of pure necessity, pretty much like when we were in Seattle. Ah, uh, for your dailies and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep up the great work. May your 10 pulls be five stars. That is, that is a Genshin equivalent of shiny vibes. So thank, May thank you very much. May your five pulls be 10 stars as well. <laughs> I have to go do that after the podcast because the banners just rotated. So I'm excited. Oh, okay. Did the wind just start blowing the other direction? Is that how that works? No, it's just been three weeks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you just completely disarmed my joke and just left it to die on the side of the road. This is this is podcasting. That's greatest. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> our last email is from Monkey Flower, and they said, I was inspired to write by your question about gyms and comments about three star rates. I am a free to play player who came to the game through an interest in gamifying exercise. Apparently, my play style is your opposite. I battle or put Pokemon in gyms every day as free to play. I want those 50 coins. Since I'm early in the game, less than three months, almost all the coins go for bag expansions and Pokemon storage. Yeah, that's. That's completely yeah. fair. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't imagine playing with the default bag space and storage at this point. I could not either. <laughs> I, I remember like, seeing a new player's account and being like, what? <laughs> You're like, this isn't even enough for one community day. <laughs> Half of one community day. <laughs> I can't imagine playing with the default bag space. Yep, I am saving for a box of incubators since I like eggs, but will only buy incubators with a good discount. I also spin gym discs for items. I should remember your advice that spinning stops is faster and do those first. I was interested to hear that one of you reached level 50 without getting the gym defenders platinum badge. I'm about one quarter of the way there already around 3,800 hours. I also noticed today that I recently got my first gold gym badge. Well, first of all, congratulations on your first uh, gold gym badge. And yep, I'm a happy, happy level 50 trainer that never had to do this badge. Oh my God. Yep. I also like three star raids. I have only raided in person so far. That's a good experience. I mean, I love my remote raids. Kyle, I'm sure you do too, but mm -hmm. nothing beats a good in-person raid experience. It's fun. Yeah. I agree that three star and one star aren't worth a dollar, but in person with the free daily pass is different. At this point, I can safely solo most three star raids. I only do one star if I don't have it in my decks, such as Clink in the last round. Three star take only slightly longer and the rewards are better. For four-star and five-star raids, I use Poke Genie to get people to join me. I think a lot of people do this, and 
Um, I would say, you know, there's there's apps that will hook you up with with raid parties and stuff like that. But it's essentially just like a stand in. Also, if you have a community that hosts raids, it's the same sort of idea for those of you that are unfamiliar. It takes quite a lot longer than ones I can solo, especially when there are lots of open lobbies. To do a four-star or five-star in person, I need to find a raid at a time and place that I can do, when the host queue in Pokegenie isn't prohibitively long. That's the downside with some of these apps, is that some of these bosses are so popular that you'll be waiting for a very long time. Therefore, if the legendary isn't very good, like Regice, I will stop once I get one and use my free daily raid passes for something that takes less time. I know that the other rewards, like Rare Candy, are less in 3-star, but that's the trade-off. P.S. I also like Shadows, and I'm raising a whole lot that I recently removed frustration <laughs> from in my first Rocket Takeover event. Good. Thank you for getting the frustration off those uh, Shadow Pokemon the first time instead of missing it, because, again, we mentioned a lot, but that happens for a lot of people. Sounds like you're off to a real strong Pokemon mm-hmm. Go career start over there. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, and I will say, especially as an early free-to-play player, gyms are your life. Like, the rest of the game doesn't matter, but because if you're not spending money, you need the coins to, to expand your bag because the game is miserable otherwise. Right, yeah. I will say, yeah, 100% that I agree with Kyle. Normally, I would not care about gyms, but if I didn't have max storage and I was free-to-play, I would care a whole lot because, yeah. <laughs> it, it reminds me every once in a while I'll talk about Pokemon Go with a couple of my coworkers who do play a little bit very casually and talk about storage space and stuff. And they're like, they don't have enough. And they're like, and I'm like, how much do you have? And they're like, ah, like 500. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> and like, they're like, why? Well, how much do you have? And I'm like, 6,200. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what, Kyle? <laughs> how much like, money have look. you spent? I'm like, I can't tell you that. Enough that my significant other doesn't believe me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, no, that's you made a great argument, Monkey Flower, for for caring about gyms for sure. So thank you. Oh yeah, thanks for that. Um, and if you, dear listener, would like to send us an email, just like these fine folks did, you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. If you'd like to send us a voicemail, you can do so by calling two six two five eight six seven seven one. Seven. Follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. Visit our website, GoCastPodcast.com, for all things GoCastPodcast. You can also uh, find us on YouTube, YouTube.com forward slash GoCastPodcast, and on Twitch as well, Twitch.tv forward slash GoCastPodcast. And if you'd like to help support the show monetarily and help us continue what we're doing here, please uh, consider supporting us on Patreon. That's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And then go to forward slash GoCast podcast or just search for us on Google. You'll find it. And speaking of patrons, shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you to actually, Kyle. It's been a few weeks. I think it's your turn. All right. Shout out to elite trainers. Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Marvin, Mimi, Sports, Sue and Ryan, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Matters, Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, Steven, Nick, Kelvin, and our favorite listener, Drew, too. That's right. And I want to reiterate for for some some feelings of some other listeners. Our favorite listener, Drew, too, is the name. It's not an opinion. <laughs> I'm sorry, Modders. We love you. <laughs> 
Well, if you'd like to help support the show in another way, non-monetarily, you can by leaving us a review, please. Five-star reviews help us out a whole lot. So if you have an opportunity to do so, it's free. It just takes a little bit of your time. Thank you in advance. We'd appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, okay, Kyle, we got to set some goals, and I think we're we're out of here. So yep. uh, what are you looking to achieve this upcoming week? Uh, set an unprecedented goal. It's not unprecedented. It's just been a long time. Uh, shiny frillish. I want a shiny frillish. It's probably not going to happen. I'm I'm very aware of that, but I have to set the goal anyways. That means hatching eggs, because I know the research tasks are not going to be that readily available. They the, could be. That'd be awesome if they were. The box that's currently out right now is okay. It's it's ten supers and ten regular for eighteen fifty. Oh yeah, they've actually had that box before. Yeah, yeah it's been. I mean, it's been up for a a while now i i made this decision last week after we recorded so i bought some boxes and they're just <gasps> in there right now so yes then i was like i have a lot of poke coins so like i i guess i guess i will i'm gonna hate myself at the end of the week <laughs> but i'm not setting an egg number because i'm just gonna hatch as just many hatch. as i can have yeah yeah uh and otherwise continue my mega progress slowly but surely i will get the mega three number up to whatever it should be. And lastly, love disc day is going to fall on the end of this week. So uh, I want to get five shiny love disc. I currently have one. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been out for a while, but not everybody has them They're kind of still a rare shiny. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm copying a lot of your goals because you kind of like set the goals for all the interesting things that are happening this week. So <laughs> Shiny frillish for myself instead. I will set a number of eggs, though. Another 50, hopefully, this week. Uh, Love Disc Research Day. I'd like to get 10 shinies of those if I can, uh, just because I want to push it. Uh, Although I think that Kyle's probably closer to the mark of what's appropriate for the event. And then lastly, here's a new one for me, just because you maybe remember that I should care about this, I guess. (laughs) Transfer five shinies to home. I don't know what they'll be yet, but I'll use as much free energy as I can this week to transfer a full load of shinies to Pokemon home is five shinies. The maximum free energy you have in a week. Yeah. It's a fifth of your energy to transfer a shiny. Holy God. Yeah. It's a really slow process and that's largely why I forget about it, but that's bad because I need to remember it over a long period of time in order to and get except it done. like 10 years, Chris, it's going to take a really, really, <laughs> it's really like 10 years. Time. Yeah, so. you know, you know what you could do. Huh. You know what you could do is trade one shiny a day as well to your sister, and then she could mm. transfer it to home, and then you could trade and poke. <laughs> I don't. You know, we could that's do very that. convoluted. But that's ten a week. Wow, let's get it done. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> hey, hey, it technically that was a solution. So thank you, I appreciate it. But it doubles the speed. Be, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> Doubles the every speed, person but... you every person you find increases your speed. <laughs> you need to have like a club, a club of people with switches. Like, hey guys, come over. We're gonna do a, a little transfer thing. Like, oh my gosh. Woo. Oh man. No, but you'd also get this, Kyle, because shinies are special trades in Pokemon Go. You'd also have to trade those over the course of five days. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Woo. But there's seven it's, days in a week. It's still doable. So you you're can... right. <laughs> I hate this the more we talk about it. <laughs> and sometimes 
to special trades. So, you know. <laughs> oh, that's true. If it's a good seasonal bonus, who knows? <laughs> okay. Anyway, oh, I think God. that's an excellent note to close uh, out the show on. So thank you very much for listening all the way through, dear listener. We'll see you next week for episode 226. And uh, next next week, I'll give you a heads up. We're going to be covering the Hoenn Tour um, in its entirety. Since we got that event pretty piecemeal, we're going to throw it together and make sure that we all understand what's going on in its entirety for both Vegas and the global. Um, but until then, Shiny Vibes, have a great week and good luck on Love Disc Research Day. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.